Hello. Hi, everybody. You're listening to Talk Crooked, the social justice and comedy podcast where two friends laugh, cry, and rage about an unspeakable subject. While enjoying adult beverages. My name is Kay. I'm Carrie. Good morning. Hi. It's 1030. (laughs) Good morning, everybody. And it's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. It's not a thousand degrees. <laughs> and I don't know what Kay's doing. She's sputtering and nervous giggling. So <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's happening over there. But <laughs> my mom is just now leaving for work. I thought she was leaving. Like, oh, I gotcha. Um, she just came in to tell me she was leaving. Um. Mm. But I don't have a shot or wine today. I just have my Diet Dr. Pepper. Because I didn't have time to make coffee. Um, oh, honey. <laughs> it's completely my own fault. Um, <laughs> I decided to sleep okay. in. Um, <laughs> Fair. Uh, yeah, I was tired. <clears throat> Yesterday was a lot. So. Yeah, it was. For both of us. Yeah. Whew. I uh, m- I slept in today too a little bit. Nice, because I was dead on my feet. <laughs> my tooth journey is hopefully over. <laughs> I got my crown put in yesterday from where I had to have a root canal done, and um, mm-hmm. I didn't know this because uh, I didn't look it up before I went in because I didn't want to freak myself out. But they Fair. they had to shove they had to shave down. The entire tooth to, like, right above the root. And mm-hmm. um, they made the crown at the office, which was really cool. Um, they have this machine that, like, takes a picture of the tooth and the surrounding teeth. And, like, it also does the top jaw or, well, whichever side. Like, mine is on my lower jaw, so they also had to take a picture of the upper jaw. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like how they bite together and then like it just like 13 minutes pops out a crown and then they have to like that's cool yeah then they had to like shave it down and make sure it fit <laughs> of course and um mm-hmm. it, it was a it was an interesting time <laughs> I was very quite a journey yeah I was very heavily um Drugged? Yeah. Uh, well, not even drugged. <laughs> they put a lot of anesthesia in my jaw. Oh, so you were like super numb. Yeah. And drooly. Mm-hmm. And like, cute. Yeah. <laughs> and like, they had numbed me like right when I got there, but it was like a three-hour appointment. So it it started wearing off, Woo! and they were having a lot of uh! they were having a lot of trouble trying to get that crown in because, of course, they were because it's uh! my tooth. Um, I hate tooth stuff. Yeah. Ah! And it's making all my teeth hurt. Yeah, and I, like, I moaned, and they were like, oh, God. <laughs> so they ran and got the doctor and gave me another shot. Um, oh, my gosh. Yuck. Yeah. And he wanted to listen to Frank Sinatra while he worked on my teeth, and I was like, I mean, I guess that's fine. <laughs> hey, whatever gets the job done, yeah. man. Like whatever gets you through the day, you do what you need to do. Just don't hurt me. And he had whatever to, your process is, 
<laughs> apparently I have vampire teeth that are hurting my other teeth, so he had to shave down a few of them because <clears throat> they were causing Because you have fangs. Yeah. <laughs> I no longer have fangs. It's a very sad time. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's now a time of grieving for your fangs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, oh, it's still Lord. sore. I'm hoping that goes away in a couple of days, but... You want to know something fun that I found out at my doctor's appointment yesterday? Yes, yes. That um, scared the shit out of me. Oh, no. Until I looked it up. Um, <clears throat> so apparently there are there, there's a bacteria that lives in 25% of all vaginas. Just lives there. Uh-huh. Um, it's called group, group B strep. And I'm in that 25%. Of course you are. So... <laughs> Yeah, so that means I get to be put on IV antibiotics <laughs> when I go into labor. Oh my god! <laughs> because thankfully we, because thankfully we live in 2020 and we can prevent things. But it just lives there and causes horrible health problems in your child, but does nothing to any adult. Oh my god! It just lives there. Yep. Uh. Ra- waiting, waiting to strike and be horrible. <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that fun? That's amazing. I love that. It was for really you. fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it was fun to find out in the lobby of <laughs> of the doctor's office. Oh my god, they told you that in the lobby. <laughs> like in front, not in the like main lobby, oh. but like in the lobby of the office. I was the only one in there okay. except for like the nurses. Okay. <laughs> they don't. They're only letting one person back at a time. Okay. <laughs> but. I just like looked at all of them and I was like, what, what, of course I'm masked so they can't see my whole face, but my eyes are like, what, what the fuck? (laughs) Huh? And he was just like, that just means we got to start on antibiotics when when you come to the hospital. And I was like, "Uh, okay, what, what does that mean? He was like, nothing. It's fine. (laughs) He was like, it's, it's fine. (laughs) Oh, goodness. <clears throat> wow. I got to see my child blink yesterday. That was kind of cool. Oh. On the ultrasound. That's really lots cute. Lots and lots of wiggles. So many wiggles. And then we did, after all of that, so I, I started my day, my day at work. Mm-hmm. I worked until 1230. And then I went straight from, the, from work to the doctor's office. And then I went straight from the doctor's office home to get ready for pictures. And then we did pictures. Oh, wow. And then I died. (laughs) (laughs) Big day. Because I do not have enough energy for all that shit. I was on my feet so much. Oh. So today, so I was, I felt like I'd been hit by a truck. Uh So I, you know, got home, had to eat something, went straight to bed. And now today I feel so much better, but I don't sound great, but it'll be okay. I just need to blow my nose a lot today because we were outside a lot. Yeah. But yeah, it was a good day. Very productive. Good. Hoping today is just as productive, but not as exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to take it a little easier, but you know. um, Hammy and I are going to get lots of stuff done today, aren't we, buddy? I've got a... sleep. Yeah, I've got a therapy (laughs) appointment after this and then going to get some Patreon content ready for tomorrow. And got to give some olive oil rubs to a couple of my animals. And Aww, poor babies. Yeah. 
Good times. Yep. Hammy might get a bath today, too. Not with olive oil, but we just with soap. <laughs> right, buddy? Well, shampoo. I'm not an idiot, yeah. but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> My sweet little buddy. He's very upset that I was gone all day yesterday, so he's being extra clingy right now. Mm. My sweet little boy. Star is very but. upset that my mom is at work and that she has to be <laughs> here with mean old mommy because she can't behave. <laughs> well, speaking of Star, <laughs> let's go ahead and get started. Okay. Because Star falls under the category that we're, t the topic that we're talking about today. Yes, she does. A little bit. A little baby. Holy. She cannot All right, hear a so thing this I week, say. um, I know. Well, good job. Oh, <laughs> this week, <laughs> we're talking about deafness. deafness. So last week it was blindness, and this week we're following it up with deafness. Yeah, there's a method to my madness. There's a reason I wanted to do mm -hmm. it. <laughs> I'm sure there is. I believe in you. <laughs> Thanks. Mm, I'm going to okay. let her out so, to see if she needs some water. But you continue talking. Okay. I can still hear you. Okay. <laughs> all right. So I'm just going to dive in. Um, we all know what deafness is. Deafness and hearing loss. Um, there's, of course, partial deafness, all of that. It's all to do with not being able to hear. So um, if I, went to the, um, I went to the World Health Organization. Um, Great place to start. Yes. And um, let's see. So this was actually published slash updated March 1st of 2020. So this is, is going to be pretty darn accurate. Good. Um, good. Cool. Yeah. 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 So we've got time. a lot of. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> we've got a lot of different cool little topics to cover, but it was really concise. So. Um, just a few, wanted to kick things off with a few key facts that they've got here at the top, which are pretty interesting. So, um, around 466 million people worldwide have disabled, have disabling hearing loss. Wow. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> so we talked last week about blindness and neither of us really knew anybody who was blind except for you. <laughs> Um, and, um, uh, but I definitely know multiple people with hearing loss yeah. for sure. Um, your dog included, <laughs> yes. but, um, I mean, my dad wears hearing aids now. My grandpa needs to wear hearing aids because he's the loudest person on the face of the planet. Mm -hmm. Um, my grandmother <clears throat> had to wear hearing aids. Um, it's pretty cool. They make them like virtually invisible now. Yeah. Like, when my dad has his in, you can't tell. It's really cool. And he has them, like, Bluetoothed to his phone so he can, like, use them as headphones and shit. Oh, nice. It's pretty neat. Yeah. He can, like, turn one side off if he's at a football game and someone's being obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> it's I pretty cool. It. Like, I kind of wish... I kind of wish... I'm a little jealous. <laughs> well, um, when it gets to that <clears throat> point for you. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Josh will definitely need to wear them. He already has not great hearing he, there's like oh, certain tones that he can't hear at all <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous yeah. it's because he blasts his head out head off with 
heavy metal music that's so loud that I can hear it through his headphones. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever. Um, okay, so um, uh, 34 million of those, so of those 466 million people, 34 million of them are children. Oh. Holy shit. Yeah. So that means <laughs> that's cost for the parents. Yeah. And that's resources that are needed. So um, it is estimated that by 2050, over 900 million people will have disabling hair loss. So it's important to um, keep that in mind when you're cranking your music up in your earbuds that come with your phone. Yeah. Um, and it gives you very, warnings be careful. now. At, like, yeah. Like be... keep it as low. Yeah. yeah. Keep it as low as you can, you know, without it being too quiet, of course, but you want to keep it, keep it down to the minimum. Yeah. Um, the minimum amount to drown out whatever's around you and, you know, so you can hear it, but you definitely don't want to be blasting full volume stuff in your ears. Uh, cause you can't get that back. There's no way to get it back once you've lost it. No. Um, <clears throat> it's a... Kind of like when people pierce their clits, you know, and it's like five to ten years of like really awesome orgasms and then like you lose all feeling. Not worth it. No. Not worth it. Why would you do that? No, you can't get that back. I don't know. There are other ways. It's not worth it. (laughs) It is not worth it. Um, Okay. So, um, hearing loss may result from genetic causes, complications at birth, certain infectious diseases, vaccinate your children, um, chronic ear infections is another one. Um, my, uh, my cousin definitely had to get like tubes and stuff in his ears when he was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, and it made him, um, because of the hearing issues that he had, he didn't speak as quickly. Yeah. Um, they thought I was deaf when I was a child because I just yeah. didn't speak until I was three. And they you had, were just absorbing. Yeah, they had me <laughs> tested a lot. And, like, I remember still getting tested in school later, like, just to be absolutely sure. Um, nice. Yeah. The use of particular drugs, um, exposure to excessive no- noise, and just aging. Mm-hmm. So, again, you don't want to help it along. <laughs> so be careful your ears are important and you only get those two ears yeah and if your insurance doesn't cover hearing aids you can be kind of screwed so it's really really important because we don't have universal health care mm-hmm. because our country is fucked um <clears throat> i don't it's understand ve- it can be really difficult why insurance wouldn't cover that though i don't i mean you'd never know yeah, I They just... might not cover the good ones. They might cover the shittiest ones. Yeah. Well, that... You know what I mean? Yeah. That wouldn't be surprising. I'm just surprised... It, it might make your premiums go up. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it might make your premiums go up and you can't afford that. You know, it's just... It's a shitty, shitty fucking world mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> when we have for-profit insurance companies. So, um... So 60% of childhood hearing loss is due to, is due to preventable causes. Like vaccinating. Mm-hmm. Um, 1.1 billion young people aged between 12 to 35 years are at risk of hearing loss due to exposure to noise in recreational settings. Again, protect your ears. Also, um, I would say, and this is important when you're like working and stuff too, um, my my husband, you know, woodworks and things like that. It's really important to wear earplugs when you're running saws. It's really important to wear earplugs when you're, 
you know, mowing and weed eating and all that stuff because those engine noises are so loud Mm -hmm. and you just don't think about it. It's like kind of like wearing your helmet when you ride a bike. It like doesn't feel cool, but believe me, it's important. Yeah. Um, It's worth the the weird trail of earplugs that's left around your house. Believe me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Unaddressed hearing loss poses an annual global cost of U.S. dollars. Are you ready? Mm Mm-hmm. $750 $750 billion. Oh, my God. So that's interventions to prevent, identify, and address hearing loss are cost-effective and can bring great benefit to individuals. So it's way easier. Again, as with everything, almost everything, it's so much easier and more cost-effective to prevent it than it is to try and reverse it and fix it. Yeah. That's why you 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 use stretch mark cream from the beginning of your pregnancy to the end. You don't just start using it when the stretch marks appear. Yeah. Because <laughs> it won't make them go away. <laughs> you have to prevent them first and then you heal after if you still get some. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So people with hearing loss benefit from early ide- benefit greatly from early identification. So um, that's through using hearing aids. Um I don't know what cochlear implants are, but um, that's another, that's an assistive device, I guess, Mm -hmm. that's like more permanent than a hearing aid. Um, Captioning and sign language and other forms of educational and social support. So um, yeah, definitely the earlier you identify it, the more, the more resources you have for communication and uh, for support. Um, there's some really cool things that they're doing now where like, I've seen multiple, <laughs> I've seen multiple videos on YouTube, not YouTube, on um, like Instagram where people are like hearing for the first time in their lives now because they have all this new technology. Yeah. And like there was one that was really sweet. There was this girl and she was, it was her and her mom and her boyfriend uh-huh. and she was hearing for the first time and he was like, can you hear my voice, honey? And she was like, oh my God. Oh. Like, and then he proposed because he wanted it to be the first thing she heard. Oh. It was so cute. Yep. <laughs> that is the cutest <clears throat> thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, it was adorable. I might have welled up a little bit. Um, And then I was like, I can't watch these videos anymore. Um, (laughs) Not pregnant. All right. So, um, (laughs) but of course, you know, the the earlier you learn sign language, the earlier you you learn to, you know, deal with captions on your TV, all that kind of stuff. The earlier you do it, the easier it is later in life. Yeah. Um, Especially when you're a kid, when you're a sponge, you know, it's definitely better to take advantage Mm -hmm. take advantage of that spongy brain that you have and absorb as much as many resources as you possibly can so that you don't lose communication yeah um all right last little key fact and then we're gonna move on so current estimates suggest an 83 percent gap in hearing aid need and use oh meaning only 17 percent of those who could benefit from the use of a hearing aid actually use one my freaking grandfather won't wear his hearing aids it's ridiculous he says everything's too noisy <laughs> like we'll turn them down yeah. There's a you're way to too loud <laughs> you can't hear yourself you're so loud 
You also need a sleep apnea machine, but that's another subject for another day. <laughs> you just need a lot of help, Grandpa. And you won't I mean, take the, it. the walls shake when that man sleeps. It's insane. It is unreal. And my grandma's like, he doesn't snore. And I'm like, you are high. <laughs> <laughs> you are high. Stay out of this. Oh, my God. There is no way. That you can't hear that. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Okay. Sorry. You're okay. Trying to not repeat myself here because this is a kind of a repetitive article. So, um, all right. So, disabling hair loss, of course, refers to to loss that's greater than forty decibels in the better hearing ear in adults and hearing loss greater than 30 decibels in the better hearing ear in children. Um, so the majority of people with disabling hearing loss live in low and middle income countries, mm. which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and makes sense because there's, I mean, like I said, a lot of this is preventable and when, you know, the resources aren't there, it makes it really hard to prevent things. Yeah. So, um, Approximately one-third of people over 65 years of age are affected with disabling hair loss, which, you know, makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and the prevalence in this age group is greatest in South Asia, Asia Pacific, and Sub-Saharan Africa. I read that somewhere um, mm -hmm. when I was doing my research, too. That's not surprising, but really sad. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, and that's, you know, one of those things where, you know, we live in a fairly rich country and we're just ignoring places that, where we can help mm -hmm. and i don't like that but i can't do anything about it because i don't make enough money to help the only thing <sighs> we can really do is vote yeah and even that feels fruitless at times yeah <laughs> so um okay so hearing so a person who is not able to hear as well as someone with normal hearing um, hearing thresholds of 25 decibels or better in both ears is said to have hearing loss, of course. Mm -hmm. So uh, hearing loss may be mild, moderate, severe, or profound. Remember I was talking last week about my friend who woke up and just like had no hearing in her in one of her ears? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it can affect one ear or both ears and leads to difficulty in hearing conversational speech or loud sounds. Um, see... Josh has, uh, my husband has a thing where he can't hear the tone in his car mm -hmm. that alerts him when his seatbelt is not on. Oh. I don't like that. <laughs> um, sometimes he can't hear fire alarms. Oh, yikes. Josh. It's that, like, pitch. That one pitch. Yeah. That he absolutely cannot hear. And he gets tested at work. Like, we have to do uh, wellness exams and stuff for our health insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it de determines how much, uh, like, free money they throw in our HSA for us. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's that one tone that he absolutely cannot hear at all. Wow. Even no matter how loud they crank it up. <clears throat> yeah, it's crazy. And he, like, composes music and shit. <laughs> um, and then, you know, there's also the fact that he can't smell. So he can't smell when chemicals are around so like i'll go in the garage and he's just like staining with the door closed oh my goodness and i'm like honey you have to wear your ventilator or open the door like this is not okay <laughs> this is why i'm worried because you can't smell when things are harmful you know what i'm saying he needs if we had a gas leak his... he wouldn't be able to smell it 
He needs to take his allergy medicine, and he needs to get some hearing aids. <laughs> Jesus I know, Christ, right? Joshua. <laughs> as long as he can hear the kids scream, I think we'll be okay. But, yeah, it's not good. But still, like... Yeah. Yeah, he needs to go... We both need to go see an allergist. Um, yeah. Anyway, so... Um, <clears throat> maybe we can help it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um because the snoring is going to be a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, quote unquote, hard of hearing refers to people with hearing loss ranging from mild to severe. Uh, People who are are hard of hearing usually communicate through spoken language and can benefit from hearing aids, cochlear implants, and other assisted devices, as well as captioning. Um, People with more significant hearing losses may benefit from from the implants, of course, because those are going to be more serious. Yeah. so uh deaf people mostly have profound hearing loss so if you're like considered actually deaf so hard of hearing and deaf is very different mm-hmm. but people who are are considered deaf have profound hearing loss which implies very little or no hearing at all um, and they often use sign language for communication yeah um so uh we had a few deaf customers when we were working at family video at the the fam vid mm-hmm. um that was pretty cool when I was uh, growing up, uh, or when I was in college, I definitely learned a few. I got an app on my phone, and I learned a few phrases so that we could communicate a little more easier, uh-huh. easily, um, especially because uh, we did have one customer that used to come in by himself and didn't have... He, he could speak. Mm-hmm. It was it was slurred. He could speak, and he could read lips, and he would sign as well, mm-hmm. but it, I always felt a little bit better being able to like fully communicate the exact day i mean i always gave him a receipt but i just i i I felt more polite yeah you know it's like communicating with someone in their own language you know yeah Um, i um i ran into (laughs) a lot of the hard of hearing customers um and a lot of times like they would ask for pen and paper and we would communicate that Mm -hmm. way um and that was pretty easy to do like especially when it got to the point where it was so slow i had like one customer in the store right yeah that gets a little Um, hard when you've got a line but (laughs) but um yeah i i ran into more of the heart like i i did get a lot of the deaf customers and then i ran into a lot of the hard of hearing customers who were older and i speak fast and my voice is like a it's not a low pitch it's more of a higher pitch so that got frustrating for them when I was speaking but like I didn't know they were hard of hearing so instead of you just you're 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 a little bit soft-spoken too Mm -hmm. like you you don't project yeah when you speak um so (laughs) because you're not of the theater (laughs) yeah but (laughs) But, um I I can be pretty loud at work but yeah (laughs) you're I could totally see that being frustrating. Yeah, well, they would... Because you have this, like, sweet, soft voice. Yeah. And they, like, they would get frustrated. And, like, some of them... A lot of them were, like, really good about saying, like, Hey, can you speak up? Like, I'm hard of hearing. Um, And, like, being patient, which was nice. But then I had some others that would, like, yell at me. And I'm like, I'm sorry (laughs) I didn't know. You don't have a sign around your neck? Yeah. Goodness gracious. That's the thing about deafness. You can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> um, goodness gracious. All right, so let's talk about what causes it, okay? Okay. <clears throat> so congenital causes may lead to hearing loss present being present at or acquired soon after birth. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So hearing loss can be caused by hereditary and non-hereditary genetic factors. I do have a friend. Both of her parents are completely deaf and use sign language to communicate, and she can hear perfectly fine. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so I don't know if it's like a double recessive kind of thing or what it is, but um, th- whatever genes they had, they missed her. Um, <clears throat> but, of course, also when your parents are deaf, you have a higher chance of being born deaf, mm-hmm. of course. Um, unless they lost it. That's the other thing. Unless they lost it in another way. But I think both of them were born deaf. Um, uh, sorry. Hearing loss can be caused by hereditary and non-hereditary genetic factors or by certain complications during pregnancy and childbirth, including, (coughs) this is why we swap for all this stuff Mm -hmm. and get vaccinated. (laughs) Uh, Maternal rubella, syphilis, or certain other infections during pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, having a low birth weight. Uh, birth asphyxia, which is a lack of oxygen at the time of birth. I think that's like when the cord gets wrapped around their neck mm-hmm. kind of thing. That happened to my friend. Um, um, oh, God. Yeah. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. We're going to move on because <laughs> that scares the shit out of me. Um, inappropriate use of particular drugs during pregnancy, such as um, aminoglycosides. Sure. Um, cytotoxic drugs, antimalarial drugs, and diuretics. Um Severe jaundice in the neonatal period. Well, my brother was jaundice, uh, which can damage the hearing nerve in a newborn infant. Um, that did not happen to him. He was just a little yellow and had to be stuck under a fluorescent light <laughs> in his little car seat. No. Poor little buddy. Um, he was so cute. <laughs> um, <laughs> just in his diaper because you got to get as much skin exposed as possible. Yeah. Um, and then acquired causes. So this is later. Um, these can lead to hearing loss at any age, such as infectious diseases, including meningitis, measles, and mumps. Mm -hmm. Vaccinate your children. Mm -hmm. Chronic ear infections. Um, that's what my cousin had. He had chronic ear infections and he had to get tubes in his ears. Um, collection of fluid in the ear. Not great. Um, (laughs) wear earplugs when you're swimming. Um, use of certain medicines, such as those used in the treatment of neonatal infections, malaria, drug-resistant tuberculosis, and cancer. See, we don't want to get malaria, you guys. We don't want to have to take malaria drugs. They are so serious, and it's so terrifying. Exactly. Um, (laughs) injury to the ear or to the head. So, um, of course, you know, just like with the optic nerve, your hearing nerves can be damaged as well. Mm -hmm. Um, wear your helmets and your hard hats. Um... (laughs) excessive noise including occupational noise such as that from machinery and explosions wear your ppe yep when you're at work um again it's worth the weird trail of earplugs (laughs) to keep your hearing um recreational exposure to loud sounds such as that from use of personal audio devices at high volumes and for long periods of time and regular attendance at concerts nightclubs bars and sporting events don't stand right next to the fucking speaker you idiot yeah no one needs that. All right. Um, and then just like being old, um, <laughs> in particular due to the gener- the degeneration of sensory cells, that's just what happens when you get older. Um, and if your grandparents lost their hearing the older they got, more than likely it's going to happen to you as well. Um, and then, of course, just wax and foreign bodies blocking the ear canal. So it's important to, you know, if 
it's important to clean your ears regularly, but some people um, get a really serious buildup of wax. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to go see an ENT and get your ears cleaned out like properly, like once a year, once or twice a year. Um, I'm not sure how much that costs, but I'm sure your insurance covers it. Um, It's fairly routine. And you just sit there and they use this like really cool thing. They they did it on the try guys. Mm -hmm. They went and like tried to see like what came out of all their ears or whatever. Um, They were all, fine they weren't like big waxers but um like one of their crew guys did it because he was like oh yeah i have to do this like twice a year Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and like giant balls of like black shit comes out it's crazy but it's like way down in there where a q-tip can't get to it and it can really be bad um and it's important with with q-tips and stuff to be really careful because you don't want to like shove it down in there further So you want to be real careful and just kind of clean the surface area around the outside and anything deeper than that, you need to get like an ear cleaning kit. Um, We have one of those for Josh. Um, It's uh, there's you can get things that like spray saline in your ear to to bolster any of that stuff out. Yeah. Uh, My brother is a big waxer, so he has to clean his ears that way, too. Um, And like literally my mom and I did it for him once Mm -hmm. for the first time we did it. Because he was like, I just, oh, God, I just feel like there's something in there. And this thing the size of a cockroach came out. Oh, and it was black. That's how much wax was down in his ear. Just, like, impacted. Oh. Yeah. So it's important to get that shit checked. <laughs> but they use, like, a stick with a little loop on the end of it. Mm-hmm. And they and they go down and they, they, they wrap, it, it wraps around the wax itself and they pull it out. So it's not, it's not tweezers. It's not anything crazy nothing to be afraid of and sometimes and then sometimes you get to keep it <laughs> which is disgusting yeah but yeah it's it's well i mean a lot of dirt and a lot of hair and you know just stuff gets stuff gets in there so it's important to make sure we're taking proper care of our ears and um definitely don't try to dig any of that stuff out yourself because like i said we didn't dig out that thing in, J- in james's ear mm-hmm. we rinsed it out <laughs> don't go anywhere near your own eardrum if that bursts you are fucked <laughs> like <laughs> let a doctor do that oh my god yeah. okay <clears throat> okay so um of course one of the functional one of the main impacts of hearing loss is on an individual's ability to communicate with others so that's really difficult and can make things really frustrating mm-hmm. um spoken language development is often delayed in children with unaddressed hearing loss so that's like what you were talking about um you were a different case though you were just absorbing yeah and um, I was just quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um michael my cousin definitely was having hearing problems um because of all the ear infections he was having and stuff like that. And so he was, he definitely started talking a lot later. Mm -hmm. Um, Unaddressed hearing loss and ear, ear diseases such as otitis, otitis media. I don't know what that is, but it sounds terrifying. (laughs) Can have a significantly adverse effect on the academic performance of children because they can't hear their teachers. Yeah. Um, And they're probably embarrassed to have them repeat themselves a bunch of times. I know I was embarrassed and I just have ADD. Like, I just didn't hear what they said because I was trying to copy down all the slides. Like, <laughs> yeah. sorry, if you're a teacher and you have wordy PowerPoint presentations, print that shit out for your students yes. so that they can pay attention to what you're saying because that's fucking rude. Okay. One time um, I was, <laughs> like, I, I'm that person that has to, like, write everything down. Like, I, like, I have my own... 
uh, I have my own like acronyms and stuff that like help me do it faster, but I do have to write everything down. And I had a teacher like stop class because she happened to walk by and see that I was writing everything down and like pointed it out out loud. And I just like just I mean you have to. I just kind of sat back. What if I miss something? Yeah. I just kind of sat back and was like, uh, okay, well, I'm not going to write any notes now. <laughs> like, oh my god, everyone's gosh. going to look at me and it's going to be weird because anxiety. <laughs> but oh, honey, <laughs> it's fine. Um, so they often they often have increased rates of grade failure and a greater need for educational assistance. Um, access to suitable accommodations is very very important for optimal learning experiences. But unfortunately, they're not always available. So um, thankfully, in our county, we have, um, I think we, like, I've even seen signs around that says, like, deaf children at play and stuff. So we must have a a fairly significant portion of our kids in the county where I live that are hearing impaired. Mm -hmm. So we definitely have, I've seen positions posted, and my friend whose parents are deaf has... um, I don't know if she's still doing it or not, but I know that original before quarantine, she was planning on taking a job um, doing this, mm-hmm. assisting kids who were deaf, because, of course, she's fluid in sign language because both of her parents are deaf that's awesome. um, to help. And so that's amazing um, because, of course, you know, you're just because you're deaf doesn't mean that your brain is any less active. It doesn't have any impact on your intelligence. You just have to be able to hear what's going on and know what's going on. In order to, you know, live (laughs) and succeed. They just have to, they have to have those communication skills. So, um, really, really important uh, that we have those um, resources in place for our kids so that they can, you know, not get left behind. Because that would be very sad. Um, So, uh, social and emotional impact. This is difficult, especially for kids, too. So... Um, exclusion from communication can, of course, have significant impact on daily life, which is causing, you know, loneliness, isolation, and frustration, um, particularly among older people mm-hmm. with hearing loss, because you just feel like you're falling apart. Yeah. And you can get frustrated. <sighs> Makes sense. And just decide to not wear your hearing aids and make it worse on yourself and then complain that you can't hear anything. Yep. <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. We just need to chloroform the man and take him to the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Put the good ones in his ears and put them at a reasonable volume and send him on his way. Fuse them to his head. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, we Um, can't do that in this country. I know. Not anymore. You used to could. (laughs) Used to could. Uh, (laughs) uh, Remember those days? (laughs) I mean, if men can sit and say, remember when you could just marry a 15-year-old? Then I can say, hey, remember when you could just take people to the doctor against their will? Okay, so let's talk about economic impact. So um, the World Health Organization estimates that unaddressed hearing loss, which we talked about earlier, uh, poses a global cost of $750 billion in the U.S. So this includes health sector costs, including the cost of hearing devices, cost of educational support, loss, loss of productivity, and societal costs. So um, in developing countries, children with hearing loss and deafness rarely receive any schooling. That's so fucking sad. 
I know. Um, because they don't have the preventative things and they don't have the resources. Mm-hmm. It's just really very, it's really upsetting. Um, adults with hearing loss also have a much higher unemployment rate. Uh, which is not cool. Because nope. if you can communicate, then... <laughs> Hi, baby. Did you decide to get up? Um, among those who are, who are employed, a higher percentage of people with hearing loss are in the lower grades of employment compared with the general workforce. Yeah. So that's discrimination. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not, it's not allowed. We can't be doing that. So that's what, that's what's known as ableism (laughs) in the workforce. That's called ableism. Because again, your intelligence, your, your intelligence is not impacted by this. No. So, as long as you can communicate, that's why we need more people who are more... We need sign language taught more frequently in schools. We need people to have, you know, the hearing hearing aids that they need. We need them to have the resources when they're younger so that they can communicate effectively and not be held back by this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Again, just like with blindness, I feel like we're straddling that gap Mm -hmm. right now. Um, because we have, you know, some older people that were probably left behind when they were younger because, you know, in the fifties and stuff, they were like, what the fuck? You're just stupid. Get out of here. And, you know, like sterilize them <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. And just all kinds of really terrible things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just we, we've got that population and then we've got the population of kids that we're helping right now that are coming up with the resources that they need. And we're raising our kids to be more tolerant and more you know, fucking humane to people who are different. Yeah. And that's helping with the loneliness and the frustration and all of that stuff. And I feel like we're kind of straddling both worlds right now. So I feel like in the future, it's going to be a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Unless, you know, we have this, unless we get into a dystopian society, (laughs) which I feel like might be on the horizon for us as well. So I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) I feel like we have both an equal we have an an equal opportunity for both of these paths equal opportunity yeah i love that that's the term we went with (laughs) we can either fall off a cliff or keep walking (laughs) all right uh so let's talk about prevention Because that's where we can actually take action. Okay? Okay. So, um, overall, it's suggested that half of all cases of hearing loss can be prevented through public health measures. Oh, look at that. Public health measures? The thing everyone is spitting in the face of right now? Yeah. Interesting. So, (laughs) in children under, at least none of them involve wearing a mask, (laughs) for fuck's sake. Yeah, because that's... If you could prevent everyone from have everyone from ever being born deaf ever again by wearing a mask, would you? No, fuck it. Um, that's my rights. In, <laughs> in children under 15 years of age, 60% of hearing loss is attributable to preventable causes. So, of course, again, this figure is higher in low and middle income countries, 75%. As opposed to high-income countries, which is forty-nine percent. Um, so overall, and that we are in a higher-income company, company, country. So we can prevent all of this stuff by not being fucking idiots. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, overall, preventable causes of child hearing loss include infections such as mumps, measles, rubella. That's the MMR machine that ever machine, the MMR vaccine that everyone thinks fucking causes autism, and you're a fucking idiot. Um, meningitis, cytomegalovirus infections, and chronic otis media. So that's thirty one percent. That's huge. Knocked out in your vaccination schedule at the beginning of your fucking life. Wow. Done. Done. Is it more important for you to feel like your kid won't have autism or would you rather them get one of these horrible diseases, spread it to a bunch of kids and all of them lose their hearing? Obviously the second one, because that's our right as an American. You're a selfish asshole. Yes. <laughs> Easy, Linda. Okay. So, um... <laughs> no one cares, Linda. at the time. <laughs> Vaccinate right. your children. So these are all... <laughs> the CIA doesn't care. Oh, God. All right. So complications at the time of birth, such as asphyxia, um, low birth weight, prematurity, and jaundice, that's 17%. And all of that has to do with, you know, being responsible when you're during your pregnancy and um, having a really good doctor that makes sure that they monitor you really closely. Um, you know, getting getting all your tests, getting yeah. all your vaccines, getting all your swabs and all that stuff and all your ultrasounds and making sure you follow, you go to all of your appointments to make sure that that kind of thing doesn't happen. Um, <clears throat> uh, use of autotoxic medicines and expecting mothers and babies. So making sure that you're not taking things you're not supposed to be taking. Mm -hmm. That's the responsibility. I mean, you just like don't do it. Your doctor will give you a list <laughs> of everything yeah. you can take. And then the rest of it, you just kind of have to suffer through it. Like I'm doing right now. You hear my nose? Mm -hmm. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Um, okay. <clears throat> so here's some strategies for preventing hearing loss. You ready? Yeah. Immunizing children against diseases. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Immunizing adolescent girls and women of reproductive age against rubella before pregnancy. I think you, we all get a boosted rubella shot before, like, college or yeah. high school or something. Everyone, in, men and women. Mm -hmm. Um. Because rubella is not something anyone fucking wants. No. Neither is measles. You not... Oh, my God. You nonsensical idiots. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm not even going to try to be nice to anti-vactors because they don't deserve it. Okay. <laughs> uh, preventing... <laughs> uh, preventing cytomegalovirus infections in expectant mothers through good hygiene. Okay. So, what is this? Let's find out what this is. Because I... That's clearly not like a common. Oh, shit. What is it? It's something I don't know. It's something that if you once you get it, you you have it forever. Kind of like herpes. Oh, shit. <clears throat> CMV. Most people don't know they have CMV because it rarely causes problems in healthy people. Oh, shit. Okay, so it's... What? I still don't know what it is. It just says, like, you won't might not have symptoms and over half of adults have been infected by the age of 40 and it's really common. Oh. That's all. 
That's like all it says. Of course. <laughs> oh, it's it's like our it's in the herpes family. Okay. Still doesn't say what it is. <laughs> uh cool. All right, that's terrifying. Um glad I looked that up. All right, so let's talk about st- uh uh we can also do this by strengthening maternal and child health programs. You know, like giving people access to the health care that they need. Yeah. Like through <laughs> because Planned, Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood is not Yeah, because it's not just an abortion clinic. They're women's health care. Um <laughs> Including promotion of safe childbirth, uh, following healthy ear ear care practices. That's what we were talking about earlier. Being really careful about how you clean your ears, making sure you keep them clean. Um, if you don't keep them clean, you can get infections and all kinds of terrible complications. So it's important to pay attention to that. Um, reducing exposure, both occupational and recu- recreational, to loud sounds. Um, again, wear your fucking earplugs. Um, listen to you know OSHA and all that shit. Um, screening children for Otis Media, following the, followed by appropriate medical or surgical interventions. Um, avoiding the use of particular drugs, which can be harmful to hearing unless prescribed. So that's like malaria drugs and shit like that. Like, why are you taking that for fun? Mm-hmm. Um, referring infants at high risk, such as those with family history of deafness or born with a low birth weight, birth asphyxiation, jaundice, meningitis, uh, for early assessment of hearing. They do a hearing test as soon as you're born, and then they keep doing them, I think, yeah. um, through your first year of development to make sure that things are progressing correctly. Um so, you know, it's important, again, important to make sure that people have the resources and the, and the money to be able to take their kids, afford to take their kids to the pediatrician regularly mm-hmm. uh, when they're young. Um, universal health care, please. Um, and so implementing, uh, do, 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 impl- oh, implementing the World Health Care global standard for personal audio systems and devices so this can be done by governments and manufacturers of smartphones and mp3 players so they are doing that now actually there's a thing where you plug your thing in and it gives you a warning hey listening to high devices high listening blah 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 blah. yeah can cause hearing loss and then i have to say fuck you and turn it up because i use the same i use an auxiliary cord in my car and i have to turn it all the way up so i can control the volume in my car (laughs) yeah um (laughs) but definitely I definitely have to uh, make sure that I, when I plug my headphones in, that I make sure to adjust the volume before I put those earbuds in my ears. Mm-hmm. Um, educating young people and the population in general on hearing loss, of course, because it's co- about its causes and prevention and identification. So, like, right now, you just learned, again, why you should immunize your kids. Because they could go deaf. Yeah. Not only is measles, mumps, and rubella a horrible disease to get through... But <laughs> once you get out the other side, if you even survive, you could lose all your hearing. Isn't that fun? Oh, it's a blast. It's not the fucking chicken pox. Anyway. All right. So I think we've learned a lot. Yes. And I think that's a good place to stop, honestly. Yeah. That was really good. So. Well, thank you very much. I did my best. I really need to blow my nose. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> let's take a quick break. <laughs> Hi, everyone. We're back. Hi. That was a bit of a longer break, but puppies needed Benadryl and noses needed to be blown. And <laughs> it wasn't very long for you guys, but it was. No, <laughs> you didn't even notice. Yeah. 
Bet. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... Like I said, there was a method to my madness. I wanted to do um, blindness last week and deafness this week because I wanted to talk about Helen Keller, and I wanted to talk about oh nice. Yeah. I also like wanted to talk about people that were really creative, and um, I wanted to just have some success stories. So, um, my information comes from the American Foundation for the Blind and then the Helen Keller International uh, Organization, um, which I found while I was doing research on her. And uh, she actually started it with uh, George Kessler in 1915 to assist soldiers blinded during their service in the First World War. Um, nice. And they... They work in places where there's lower income, like we were talking about earlier, uh, and they work yeah. to help people um, with their sight and their hearing um, that don't have the resources that we have. So, um, I thought that was really cool, and we'll mm -hmm. get into that after we kind of go through her life, because her life is really fascinating, actually. So, yes. Guess who's at my door again? <laughs> <laughs> I just heard his little feet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think Star's passed out in the living room. Good. So, Helen Adams Keller was born a healthy child in Tuscumbia, Alabama on June 27, 1880. Her parents were Kate Adams Keller and Colonel Arthur Keller. On her father's side, she was descended from Colonel Alexander Spotswood, a colonial governor of Virginia. And on her mother's side... What was his name? Alexander Spotswood. Don't just say that name like it's normal. <laughs> it's a name. What? <laughs> Colonel Alexander Spotswood. Spotswood. Oh my god. Yeah. That's hysterical. That dude fully had a mustache and a monocle. Yes, he. I'm absolutely sure he did. Especially since he was a governor. I'm a thousand percent certain he did. And if he didn't, I'm rewriting history because he needed to. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. That man wore his army outfit every day and his monocle and fluffed that fucking mustache. Yes. He absolutely And carried did. a stick. <laughs> oh my God. That's the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's the best name. Colonel Alexander Spotswood at your service. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You weren't even going to acknowledge that. <laughs> you were just going to keep on talking. I was. Oh my God. I'm so disappointed in you. This is unacceptable. It is. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm fired. You are. You're fired. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Good God. So you're just like giving your book report. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you're not you're just going to blow past the best name I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> we we've got mm. some fascinating people coming up yet. Coming up though. So I'm excited. Spotswood Spotswood was just the first. 
Um, oh, Lord. So, on her mother's side, she was related to a number of prominent New England families. Helen's father, Arthur Keller, was a captain in the Confederate Army, because of course he was. Uh-oh. Yeah. And the family lost most of its wealth during the Civil War and lived modestly. After the war, Captain Keller edited a local newspaper, the North Alabamian, and in 1885, under the Cleveland administration, he was appointed Marshal of North Alabama. Um, so it's not <laughs> great that he fought in the Confederate Army. Um, no. But it sounds like he paid dearly for that. Um, oh, Lord. At the age of 19 months, Helen became deaf and blind as a result of an unknown illness, perhaps rubella or scarlet fever, like we talked about earlier. Yeah, I was going to say, something they didn't know existed in Alabama during the Civil War. Yeah. You could fill several books with that. (laughs) (laughs) As Helen grew from infancy into childhood, she became wild and unruly. And I did know that. I knew she was a little brat um, when she was a kid because she was spoiled. She was absolutely spoiled. Um, Because even though they lost a lot of their wealth, she still got pretty much whatever she wanted. Um, Yeah. So, as she so often remarked as an adult, her life changed on March 3rd, 1887. So she's seven years old at this point. Um, On that day, Anne Mansfield Sullivan came to Tuscumbia to be her teacher. And Anne is amazing. Um, Her story is touching. Um, Anne was a 20-year-old graduate of the Perkins School for the Blind. Compared with Helen, Anne couldn't have had a more different childhood and upbringing. The daughter of poor Irish immigrants, she entered Perkins at 14 years of age after four horrific years as a ward of the state at the Tewksbury Almshouse in Massachusetts. Um, sorry, I lost my place. Um, How dare you? <laughs> she was just 14 years older than her pupil, Helen, and she too suffered from serious vision problems. Anne underwent many botched operations at a young age before her sight was partially restored. Oh, wow. Which is horrifying to think about. I, I'm going to tell you this right now. Mm-hmm. I We watched The Miracle Worker or whatever when I was in, like, seventh grade. Uh-huh. And I was fully reading a book under the table, so I did not understand why this lady was wearing weird sunglasses for the whole movie, and now I understand that. So <laughs> thank you for filling that in. Yeah, you're welcome. That's literally in the next paragraph. The miracle worker. (laughs) 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 Anne's success with Helen remains an extraordinary and remarkable story and is best known to people because of the film The Miracle Worker. The film correctly depicted Helen as an unruly, spoiled, but very bright child who tyrannized the household with temper tantrums. Because of course she did. I, I mean, I would probably be throwing temper tantrums too because yeah if you can't see or hear anything you can't communicate that's the only way you can communicate it's very frustrating i totally get Mm -hmm. it so anne believed that the key to the key to reaching helen was to teach her obedience and love she saw the need to discipline 
but not crush the spirit of her young charge. As a result, within a week of her arrival, she had gained permission to remove Helen from the main house and live alone with her in the nearby cottage. They remained nice. Yeah, they remained there for two weeks. Anne began her task of teaching Helen by <clears throat> manually signing into the child's hand. Anne had brought a doll that the children at Perkins had made for her to take to Helen. By spelling D-O-L-L into the child's hand, she hoped to teach her to connect objects with letters. Yeah. Helen quickly learned to form the letters correctly and in the correct order, but did not know she was... Because she was really fucking smart. Yeah. But did not know she was spelling a word, or even that words existed. In the days that followed... Oh, man. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine? Um, no. No, I couldn't. That's... Because none of us, none of us can that that have been exposed to words for our whole lives. I mean, you just don't, you absorb all of that when you're just, when you're young. And she couldn't do it. That's just insane. Yeah. And it's really impressive that she was able to later in life because it's really really difficult. You guys, like once you reach past the age of like nine or ten, mm -hmm. it's so much harder to learn to read and write and become literate and communicate. Yeah. That's why we should be teaching a second language when kids are little, not in high school. Exactly. That's why people struggle with Spanish when they're in high school, because they're not... You, your window's closed. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> like, I can read Spanish and I can write it um, somewhat. I used I, to be able to write it a whole lot better, but, like, it's really hard mm -hmm. for me to speak it or understand yeah. it in conversation. Well, it's partially because people who speak Spanish fluently are very fast. Yeah. And <laughs> and that language is also one where the words aren't said individually. They all run into they all run into each other. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So that makes it really difficult as well. <laughs> yeah. Um cuz I'm trying to give you the benefit here, but our language yeah, is just so uh, different. And like this is the only one yeah. I grew up knowing, you know. Still can't pronounce half mm -hmm. the goddamn words, but I mean, I am trying. Right. Um, <laughs> but um, but that's why people are way more bilingual in other countries because they uh, across the pond is because they start when they're little. Yeah. Um. All right. In the days that followed, she learned to spell a great many more words in the uncomprehending way. On April 5th, 1887, less than a month after her arrival in Tuscumbia, Anne sought to resolve the confusion her pupil, her pupil was having between the nouns mug and milk, which Helen confused with the verb drink. Mm. Um, That's fair. Yeah. Anne took Helen <laughs> to the water pump outside and put Helen's hand under the spout. As the cool water gushed over one hand, she spelled into the other hand the word water, first slowly, yes. then rapidly. And then she said it. <laughs> At least she did in the movie. I remember that part because I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. Now I'm paying attention. <laughs> Suddenly, the signals had meaning in Helen's mind. She knew that water meant the wonderful cool substance flowing over her hand. Um, quickly, she stopped and touched the earth and demanded its letter name, and by nightfall, she had learned 30 words. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Right? 
Um, Helen quickly proceeded to master the alphabet, both manual and in raised print for blind readers, so Braille, um, and Mm -hmm. gained facility in reading and writing. In Helen's handwriting, many round letters look square, but you can easily read everything. Mm-hmm. In, ni- in 1890, when she was just 10, she expressed a desire to learn to speak. Anne took Helen to see Sarah Fuller at the Horace Mann School for the Deaf and Hard of Hearing in Boston. Fuller gave Helen 11 lessons, after which Anne taught Helen. Throughout her life, however, Helen remained dissatisfied. So they learned, she learned that from feeling vibrations, though, mm-hmm. in people's, in their necks. Yeah. So and then imitating it in her own. Like I mean it's fascinating. Again, the way that your other senses take over and you can like discern all of that. Yeah. That it's so cool. That's so cool. <clears throat> like we wouldn't be able to do that because we don't have the need for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it just I mean maybe if you really really worked at it, but she's picking it up in like a month. Yeah. Uh, 30 That's words so cool. in one day. Like, that's amazing yeah. for a seven-year-old. Yes. Uh, oh, she was seven? I thought she was older. Good uh, God. Wow. No, it's okay. She was seven. God damn it, Kay. <laughs> <sighs> it's not my fault. You weren't listening. You were reading under I your desk. I am listening. <laughs> you were- I am listening to you right now. <laughs> I was just making a joke. <laughs> Go on. Um, <laughs> throughout her life, however, Helen remained dissatisfied with her spoken voice, which was hard to understand. Aww. I'm sure it would be, like, really hard to get it to where it would be easier. To enunciation yeah. or whatever. I'm yeah. sure that would be really hard when you've never heard it, you know? Yeah, I had a, I had a deaf teacher, and she had hearing aids and everything, and she still was was slurred. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just... I get it. It's embarrassing. Like, yeah. <laughs> but also, I don't know. Like, people aren't going to make fun of you because you're deaf. I don't think. I never, I mean, I've never seen anyone make fun of someone for something like that, that they literally can't help at all. But there are terrible people, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Insecurity is real. There are. She sounds people. like a bit of a perfectionist. <laughs> yeah. She is a little bit, but. <laughs> she's still amazing oh my goodness okay apparently we weren't asleep oh no come on puppies isn't it great it's like having a <clears throat> yeah okay so Hammy's laying down outside my door <laughs> oh. star was scratching and barking so that would have been fun to try to talk through. Mm-hmm. Um, Helen's extraordinary abilities and her teacher's unique skills were noticed by Alexander Graham Bell and Mark Twain, two giants of wow. American culture. It it blows yeah. my mind, like, all these people that lived at the same time, you know? I know, right? <laughs> yes. Twain declared, the two most interesting characters of the 19th century are Napoleon and Helen Keller. The closeness of Helen and Anne's relationship led to accusations that Helen's ideas were not her own. Famously, at the age of 11, Helen was accused of plagiarism. What? Mm -hmm. 
Uh, both Belle and Twain, who were friends and supporters of Helen and Anne, flew to the defense of both pupil and teacher and mocked their detractors. Read a letter from Mark Twain to Helen lamenting that plagiarism farce. Um, or read a letter from Mark Twain to Helen lamenting that plagiarism farce. So I did read an article um, that talked about how <clears throat> Helen plagiarized like a poem that she learned or something. I don't know. I I didn't give it much credit because I had never heard that before. And it, I only found no. it in like one article and then it's mentioned here, but I don't think she did. I think she had some amazing ideas of her own. And yeah, I mean, when you're when you're 11, so what if you plagiarize right? you're 11? <laughs> you're 11. Everyone get off. Yeah. Leave her the fuck alone. People are so quick to discount people who have worked hard. Yeah. It's like the people that tell try and tell me Shakespeare wasn't a real person. And I'm just like, can you just get the fuck out? Who the Please? fuck said just that? Just go away. People are like, oh, there's no way that one person could have come up with all those different words and written all that stuff. And I'm just like, are you serious right now? Really? There was nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. have you watched Good Omens yet? No, I still haven't. But now at this point, I think I'll save it for maternity leave for leave time. Yeah, yeah. there's a scene. I forgot about it, to be honest with you. <laughs> there's a scene um, in one of the episodes <clears throat> where they're at a Shakespeare play. And oh, that's lovely. Yeah, I love it. It's it's wonderful. It's really funny. <laughs> um, I'm sure it is. <laughs> I love their dynamic on that show. Yeah. Oh, me too. They were born to play opposite each other. But they're not really even opposite, which is really cool. Uh, well, I mean, opposite each other. Oh, well, like, yeah. As in, like, yeah, I'm dumb. As in, be in a scene together. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. I know, that's the whole point, is that they're not really opposites, yeah. but they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're like an odd couple. Yeah, I'm, I need to watch that again, because it was incredible. Um, and it's just nice to have on in the background. So... Yep. From a very young age, Helen was determined to go to college. In 1898, she entered the Cambridge School for Young Ladies to prepare for Radcliffe College. She entered Radcliffe in the fall of 1900 and received a Bachelor of Arts degree cum laude in 1904, the first deaf-blind person to do so. Nice. The achievement was as much Anne's as it was Helen's. Anne's eyes suffered immensely from reading everything that she was then signed into her pupil's hand. Oh, my God. Anne continued to labor. Wow. Yeah. Anne is a badass. Anne is, and Anne is, like, the best person ever. Um, <laughs> Anne continued to labor by her pupil's <clears throat> side until her death in 1936, at which time Polly Thompson took over the task. Polly had joined Helen and Anne in 1914 as a secretary. Um, so she had an autobiography that she started writing while she was in college. Uh, it was published while she was in college, and it's called The Story of My Life. Um, nice. So I'm going to skip a little bit. Um, if you guys are interested in reading anything that she wrote, uh, the Helen Keller archives contain over 400 and 75 speeches and essays that she wrote on topics such Whoa. as faith, blindness prevention, birth control, 
the rise of fascism in Europe, and atomic energy. Um, she, so we're going to talk about her political and social activism because it, yeah. it's incredible. Um, <laughs> Helen saw herself as a writer first. Her passport listed her profession as author. It was through the medium of the typewritten word that Helen communicated with Americans and ultimately with thousands across the globe. From an early age, she championed the rights of the underdog and used her skills as a writer to speak truth to power. A pacifist, she protested the U.S. involvement in World War I. A committed socialist, she took up the cause of workers' rights. She was also mm -hmm. a tireless advocate for the women's suffrage and an early member of the American Civil Liberties Union. Um... Helen's <clears throat> ideals found their purest, most lasting expression in her work for the American Foundation for the Blind. Helen joined AFB in 1924 and worked for the organization for over 40 years. The foundation provided her with a global platform to advocate for the needs of people with vision loss, and she wasted no opportunity. As a result of her travels across the United States, state commissions for the blind were created, rehabilitation centers were built, and education was made accessible to those with vision loss. Um, Helen's optimism and courage were keenly felt at a personal level on many occasions, but perhaps never more so than during her visits to veterans' hospitals for soldiers returning from duty during World War II. Um... So she did a lot of activism and was a worldwide celebrity. Everyone wanted to listen to her speeches and listen to what she wrote. And she had a very strong voice, even though it was written, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's still a voice. Yeah. Um, Probably even more impactful um, because writing lingers and this was a time when like recordings weren't necessarily happening mm -hmm. so you know writing has definitely lasted you know centuries exactly um okay so helen suffered a stroke in 1960 and from 1961 onward she lived quietly at arkin ridge her home in westport connecticut one of the four main places she lived during her lifetime. Um, so she made her last major public appearance in 1961 at a Washington, D.C. Lions Club's International Foundation meeting. At that meeting, she received the Lions Humanitarian Award for her lifetime service to humanity and for providing the inspiration for the adoption by Lions Club International Foundation. That is a name of their sight conservation aid and aid to blind programs. Uh, during that visit to Washington, she also called on President John F. Kennedy at the White House. President Kennedy was just one in a long line of presidents Helen had met. In her lifetime, she had met all of the presidents since Grover Cleveland. How many people can say they've met every president that's been sitting since? Um, yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. Um, Helen Keller died on June 1st, 1968 at Arkin Ridge, a few weeks short of her 88th birthday. Her ashes were placed next to her companions, Anne Sullivan Macy and Polly Thompson, in St. Joseph's Chapel of 
Washington Cathedral. Senator Lister Hill of Alabama gave a eulogy during the public memorial service. He said, She will live on, one of the few, the immortal names not born to die. Her spirit will endure as long as man can read and stories can be told of the woman who showed the world there are no boundaries to courage and faith. So I just thought wow. her story was That's so cool. Yeah, I thought her story was really impactful and um I I thought it was so cool that she had these people that were with her throughout her entire life. Um and that and that her activism is what mattered and the people close to her are what mattered. Like she didn't I don't know. She was just she was really cool. So I wanted to share her story. Yeah. Um and I highly recommend checking out Helen Keller International um, and donating if you can. That is a way that we can help uh, people, especially in Asia and Sub-Saharan Africa, because that's uh, those are two of the main places that they're um, trying to help yes, get resources definitely. to. And uh, yeah, so that is my segment. I know it was a lot, but... <laughs> no it was good it was perfect yeah and i thought that article was really concise so yeah Yeah. i forgot to draw cards so give me just a second okay oh goodness i will not miss this heartburn and if it lingers i'll blame the kid forever Uh (laughs) i'm just kidding oh my god sort of they're gonna do they're gonna do a the office what? print at Meundies. Yes. Yes. Oh my yep. god. This is <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I need it. We're gonna have to wake up at like midnight. Yes. That night. And <laughs> <clears throat> oh my god, my throat. Okay. Um sending you your card now. Okay, so it's time for a game. Um, this is our game by Drunk Stoned or Stupid called If You Had To. Um I think it's my turn. Yeah. <clears throat> to go first. Um, so, if you had to, would you? Oh, God. <laughs> Wear a slutty French maid costume whenever you leave the house. Oh, my God. Or. Uh, it hasn't <laughs> sent. Oh, no. Oh, because I didn't hit send. <laughs> There it goes. Or spar with an Ibex for the right to mate. I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is either, so I go with the first one. (laughs) (laughs) I'll wear a French maid costume. That's fine. Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about what I'm going to... Actually, I mean, it sucks, but I don't know what this other one is. So... (laughs) (laughs) That works. Sure. All right, cool. Well, thank you guys so, so much for listening. Um, oh, goodness. H- how's October looking? <laughs> we hope make sure it's you, not uh, the end of the world. Apocalyptic, yeah. Um, make sure you've um, applied for your mail-in ballot. Um, make sure you've registered to vote, all of the above. And uh, remember, you are not a monster. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Niebach. 
Check out our website, talkcricket.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things cricket, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at TalkCricket. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout-out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.